0: Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian.
1: With help from
0: Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blank Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler. As your time allows, and please enjoy. You're totally free, no strings attached, blast from the past. It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to January 15th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Our first stop on this day in history will be in Anamosa, Iowa in the animosa eureka newspaper on january fifteenth, 1874. i'm your host kristen noonan it's a pleasure to be your guide today let's roll probably an imposter several days ago a middle-aged indifferently dressed woman with the voice of the most approved a chrismal pitch and a gait like a discouraged duck was around begging for money to take her to McGregor wouldn't everybody contribute enough to pay her fare to Dubuque? We are informed that the same woman was about here some time ago and ground out the same Dubuque and McGregor rigmarole that she gets off now three cases out of five of these traveling beggars are imposters or thieves sometimes both. Complaints come to us from subscribers that papers directed to them are not received. It is more than probable that losses of this kind may be generally traced to the easy going custom which neighbors have of sending to town for mail matter through their friends. It is a matter of convenience usually but we know that in some instances the practice is an annoyance to subscribers not only causing delays, but oftentimes loss of their papers altogether. It is in the hands of subscribers to correct this heedlessness and we hope they will do so at once. Anti-Monopoly County Convention A mass convention of the anti monopolists of Jones County is hereby called to meet at Monticello on Wednesday, February 18, 1874 at 10 o'clock a.m. to select delegates to represent this county in the anti-monopoly state convention to be held at Des Moines, February 25th, 1874, and for such other businesses as may be deemed advisable. All voters in sympathy with the anti-monopoly movement are cordially invited to participate in the proceedings of the convention. By order of the community chair, W. Violar BLANKS PRICES Justices and constables should provide themselves with the blanks requisite in their business. Loss of time and annoying mistakes may thus be avoided. As usual, we keep a very complete assortment and at prices that enable officers to secure a supply at very moderate cost. For several years we have made a specialty in blank printing and those who deal in the article are well acquainted with the fact that our prices in this department, as well as in our job work, are much lower than the rate of any other office in the county. Send in your orders and we will fill them out and forward by return mail. In Safe Custody A week or two ago, we published an account of the bloody affray between Detective Shattuck and the H.A. Barry of Bertram, the Burlington Hawkeye adds the following in regard to the disposal made of Barry: He was taken to Dubuque, and it was deemed best to send him to Fort Madison until the April term of the United States District Court at Dubuque, when it is to be hoped he'll meet his just he has been a lawless rascal for 15 years, and his biography is well known to the authorities, and his misdemeanors can be abundantly proved. When taken to Fort Madison, he was shaved and took on the felon's stripes, by doing so being allowed just a trifle more liberty than he would otherwise have. Eggleston our lecture-going friends should not forget that Edward Eggleston, the author of The Hoosier Schoolmaster, The End of the World, The Mystery of Metropolisville, etc., will lecture at Monticello under the auspices of the Monticello Lyceum Monday evening, January 26, admission 50 cents. The lecture without doubt will be a rare treat, and this opportunity to hear so noted and popular, a divine and author will be improved very generally by the people. The Lyceum Committee have been fortunate in securing Mr. Eggleston for a lecturer and the crowded house and plethoric receipts will undoubtedly follow as a reward of their good judgment. Serious Injury On Tuesday the 6th Mr. T. M. Belknap and his wife, residing about a mile east of Anamosa, returned home from a trip to town in a buggy. And as he was aiding her to alight from the vehicle, he slipped in such a manner as to render her descent to the ground unexpectedly violent, breaking one bone of her leg below the knee. It was not suspected at the time that anything more than a bruise had been received and the usual remedies for such hurts were applied. But on Thursday, the limb was so swollen and painful that a physician was deemed necessary, and Dr. Adam was called. The serious nature of the injury was then ascertained, and the bones set, giving great relief, of course, to the sufferer, who is now doing well and will undoubtedly soon be entirely convalescent again. Monstrous! The anti-monop supervisor's official pet at Monticello has made a grand discovery to wit that before the expiration of the year 1873 we printed $70 worth of blanks for the incoming treasurer and sheriff. Well, if that were true, what of it? The fact is, however, that the blanks printed for these two offices amounted to just $42 or an average of $21 for each office. Nevertheless, the Liberals estimate of the value of the blanks at $70, for which the Eureka charged the county, 42, is a very indication of the difference in the job printing rates of the two offices. As many people know by costly experience and the county will probably learn before Hunt gets through with it. Our next stop on this day in history is in Wyoming, Iowa. In the Wyoming Journal newspaper, January 15, 1891. The conspiracy of the great reaper companies to destroy competition fails. The gigantic conspiracy of the great reaper corporations of the country to pool their business, reduce their expenses, increase their profits, control the markets, destroy competition, and place the purchaser at the seller's mercy raised such a storm of opposition and encountered so many difficulties in the management that it has finally fallen to to pieces by its own weight. Mr. W.I. Black, general agent for Altman, Miller & Company at Cedar Rapids, yesterday received a telegram from Mr. Ira M. Miller, secretary of the company, dated Chicago, saying, we have withdrawn from the American Harvester Company. Prepare to push your trade at heretofore. We learn that Mr. L.W. Ellis, Cedar Rapids representative of William Deering and Company, received similar notification and instruction. Doubtless, the other companies in the trust have similarly noted their agents. The Chicago meeting of the Harvester Combined was a gloomy and unsatisfactory one, and the end is its dissolution. And a popular victory over the would be competition killers. A matter of general congratulation. The Republicans' recent protest against this latest attempt to destroy competition and place the purchaser at the mercy of the seller was but one of a million protests which came from all sections of the country. The success of the American Harvester Company, made up as it was of all the great reaper corporations in the country, would have been a menace to popular rights, and we rejoice to hear of its failure. Next, from the Cedar Rapids, Republican. For Brides, don't write silly letters to him even if he is fond of affection given in that way. Let it be by word or mouth rather than with pen and ink. Don't complain to the man to whom you are engaged of the different members of your own family. It is not a good preface to matrimonial bliss. Don't expect him to love you as no man has ever loved before. The methods of loving are very much the same all the world over. Be satisfied if you have got a good, honest love. If you love fun, if you want to spend a pleasant, social evening, if you enjoy a square meal, if you want to solve a deep mystery, If you want the first prize, all this and a good laugh, John, for you and Josephine, for just four shillings. Don't be backward. Just come along and bring along as many of the girls as your purse will hold two shilling pieces. Everybody come to G.A.R. Hall Friday evening, January 16th, when the ladies of the K&P will entertain you for the benefit of Hiawatha Lodge, K of P of this place. Don't forget, $0.25 cents admits you to the hall, the supper, and the secret. Doors, <laughs> doors open at 7.30 p.m. Whist. Pleasant Ridge Sparkies. We were surprised to see the report of the organization of the Literary Society at Onslow last week. Miss Mamie Tasker spent several days in Wyoming with Mrs. T. G. Tasker last week and this. Our people have been so remarkably dull and unenterprising these past weeks that it has been with the greatest difficulty that your humble servant has been able to collect enough news to fill a small space in a column of the journal. Rouse up, awaken from such a state of lethargy. The Literary Debating Society has changed its night of meeting from Saturday to Friday. When we think of the condition of the road on East Main Street, Wyoming, we conclude that there is a great lack of either wisdom, judgment, or thoughtfulness in the Wyoming people. Where, in the country streets, can you find a road so generally out of repair and disagreeable to travel? The Tompkins and Mallacoat Poultry Company seems to be doing a large and successful business this week. The Smith brothers will ship their cattle to Chicago on Wednesday. We believe James intends accompanying them to their destination and also will make a visit with friends in Indiana from Diamond. Our next stop is in Anamosa, Iowa in the Anamosa-Eureka newspaper january 15 1914 in masonic circles animosa lodge number 46 a f and a m raised three candidates last week to the degree of a master mason the first two were g e farmer and george johnson who were raised thursday evening warden mcclory was raised on friday evening when the ceremonies were followed by a cafeteria lunch and an hour of short talks by some long-headed men. The local lodge now has 105 members with enough candidates on the waiting list to bring the membership up to 200. The order had a very successful two years period under the guidance of J. H. Ramsey, who retires as a worshipful master. He has been an enthusiastic and inspiring leader. Electric Improvement A new switchboard is being installed at the local plant of the electric company. This is made necessary by the different currents that are handled since the lines went over to the control of the Cedar Rapids Corporation. Ben Dawson, an electrician for the Iowa Light and Railway Co., together with a helper, is at the plant with a carload of fixtures putting in the new board. It will be a standard board and takes the place of one of nondescript character that was patched together from the products of several companies. The plant is now handling 10,000 volts from Cedar Rapids, the voltage being out down here to meet local needs. The new board will permit this to be increased to 33,000 volts when local demands make the change necessary. The station here has not turned on a wheel by steam since last March the large 800 horsepower engine is idle gathering the dust and grit the boilers are cold and silent the large dynamo last installed has ceased to hum a smaller dynamo that is run on what water power the river furnishes is put the act put into action during the evening hours the rest of the 21 hours of the day the light and power consumed in animosa as well as the greater part of that at Oxford Junction, Olnan and Wyoming, is developed as a big central plant at Cedar Rapids. The machinery here certainly represents a big waste and the natural conclusion is that someone must have made a wild guess when it was installed several years ago. From the standpoint of service, Anamosa is probably getting as good service from the Cedar Rapids Corporation as it ever had. The company is financially able to put forward such improvements as may be necessary from time to time, and eventually will give us the same service the larger cities enjoy. Centralization seems to be the trend, and the absorption of the local plant, the the distilling of its huge wheels, and the carrying of light and power 25 miles across the country on lines of copper is merely one of the marks of progress. classified ads wanted a woman or girl for light housekeeping inquire of Mrs. Mond over Mills and Holtman's for sale five short horn bulls thoroughbred G.A. Pete one and a half miles north of Martell Iowa for sale lots on North Ford Street at a bargain if taken at once 11SE 11F Eastwood for sale one full-blooded Durack Jersey boar Gray brothers southeast of amber for sale 25 full-blood Poland China bred sows JF wager Olin Iowa for rent eight-room house with eight lots in West animosa Mac the jeweler teaming by day or contract apply to CD Stingley dressmaking Telephone 188J wins musical fame in Paris. Remarkable record of a well-known Animosa lady. Many of our people will read with great pleasure that the following extended tribute to Madame Regina de Salle of Paris, the daughter of Dr. N. G. Salle, a prominent citizen of Animosa, for a quarter of a century of her earlier history. The New York Review, one of the leading theatrical papers of New York, has the following most common complimentary notice of this talented lady, who has resided in Paris many years and built up a school of music of international fame in that city. The De, which was dropped by her family in this country, was restored to her name in Paris. The review, which contained a quarter-page likeness of Madame de Salle, gives the following sketch. Tradition has it that teachers of singing are consumed by professional jealousy and never have a good word to say about one another. This is not always so, at least not in Paris. Two of the foremost teachers here are M. Dalma Hyde and Madame Regina de Salle, the latter, an American, who has won extraordinary success in training students for opera. Recently, M. Delma Hyde wrote the following in appreciation of Madame de Salle's ability. Of all the art and beauty centers of the world, Paris appears to be in every respect the leading and most attractive. Here are to be found the greatest institutions of learning, philosophic, scientific, technical, and artistic. World-renowned masters in all branches of music, vocal, and instrumental make Paris their home. The stage life of the French capital has always attracted and held the greatest number of world-famous artists in music, the drama, and especially in singing, and this doubtless is one of the reasons why so many students from every part of the globe come here to study and perfect themselves. For nowhere else are greater masters to be bad, to be had, or better opportunities for study to be found. Among the most celebrated singers and teachers in Paris today is madame regina de Salle, whose latest achievement is the successful debut of a young contralto singer who had come all the way from south africa especially to study with this famous teacher jean del sole is the promising young singer's name whose future career is confidently predicated predicted as a brilliant one Responsibility for tone production, style, and diction are all to be credited to Madame de Salle, one of the most proficient and conscientious of professors, and herself a beautiful singer, possessing a rich, full-toned soprano voice of wonderful pure and bell-like quality, remarkable execution, and great compass. Madame de Salle is a lady of charming manner and winsome personality, liked by everybody who knows her. In her teaching, Madame de Salle is an authority, convincing and most enthusiastic. She has the interest and welfare of her pupils at heart and is greatly beloved by the fortunate ones who are privileged to enjoy her excellent tuition. Among the singers best known to New York whom Madame de Salle trained are Berta Morena, the Munich soprano so long at the Metropolitan Opera House and Marcia van Dresser. It will be remembered that Madame de Salle visited Anamosa 15 years ago and gave a concert at the Opera House to a large audience, many of her former friends being in attendance. We do not need to suggest to those who heard her that her renditions were most delightful and marvelous in their range and power, with a grace and sweetness like the carols of the birds of the forest and just as free from staggy, strut, and stiff stiffness, and striking attitudes. At the close, she said that she would be glad to extend personal greetings to her old acquaintances, and a large number went forward and greatly, and greatly enjoyed the privilege of renewing their friendship with this gracious lady, whose sincerity and simplicity had not been spoiled by the great honors and attainments that had been won by her. Regina was born in Anamosa, attended school here, and finished her studies in the sisters' school in Dubuque. Later she pursued her musical work in Cedar Rapids and Omaha, and then went to London, Munich, and Paris, her mother accompanying her abroad. Mrs. Siles was sister to Mr. J.A. Scott, Mrs. S.T. Pierce, and Mrs. Dr. E. Blakeslee, and died in New Jersey some years ago. Regina has an older sister, Fanny O, who resides in Kansas City, and a brother, Harry N, who is a well-known judge in Denver, Colorado. A half-sister, Mary Ann Siles, became the wife of Mr. Edward C. Holt, and was the mother of Mrs. O. L. Perfect of Brooklyn, New York. Mrs. Charles Howard of South Pasadena, California, James of Manitoba. Colorado, Ed S. of Cedar Rapids, Mrs. Clifford Nalos of Anamosa, and Miss Helen E. Holtz of Los Angeles. Madame de Salle never lost her love for the friends of her old hometown and annually sends them pleasant holiday remembrances. Let us help you plan your trip to California. We will gladly quote you rates, suggest routes that will satisfy you in every particular, and prepare itineraries including the most scenic attractions and renowned winter outing places for a tour to and through California, where summer makes her winter where summer makes her winter home. Via the Chicago and Northwestern Line and connections. For further particulars, call on or address ticket agents, Chicago and Northwestern Railway. And that's it for January 15th on Iowa's Newsworthy Pass. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.